that's the wrong button. <laughs> there it is. I got it. Well, we've been doing it so many times. everyone uh my name is leaf my name is Tess, and you guys are listening to same peaks y'all the podcast where two librarian geeks talk about the tv show twin peaks once every couple of weeks yep that's uh that's us and i really like this show it's my favorite show and leaf has never seen the show so this is his first time watching the show and every episode of the podcast, we talk about an episode of the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I do a summary of the show and Leaf fills in with his color commentary. And then we discuss the many mysteries that we have discovered within the and, show. And then we solve the mysteries, of course. <laughs> you know? And then by the end of the episode, everyone has all the answers. I have a theory about that, by the way. I was thinking about the show um during my day as i often do yeah highlight highlight my theory of for the show (laughs) and uh and then we um and we have a a returning segment this week (gasps) keen-eared listeners may have noticed that we did not have a scent from my guy phone Mm -hmm. last Mm -hmm. week i didn't make a big deal out of it because you know what? It's a free country. And if Guy has things that he needs to do, he don't have to listen to our show and email us. Maybe but... Guy Dudeman found himself, uh, I was going to say a, a gal Dudeman, but maybe, I shouldn't assume, a, a partner dude human. <laughs> I hope you found yourself a good partner dude human. <laughs> well, on Thanksgiving Day, I got an email from Guy Dudeman. So, man, I hope you were having a good Thanksgiving, Guy, that you were, you know, emailing your favorite podcast. Maybe he had the same kind of Thanksgiving I did, where it was just me in the house, like, hanging out by myself, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with no. spending a Thanksgiving on your own and just, like, having some me time. And there's, I feel like there's, you know, a compulsion to spend time with your family um, even if you don't feel like it on Thanksgiving. And you know what? It's it's perfectly fine to just have a on-your-own Thanksgiving. That's okay. Yeah. If you find yourself saying something like, Thanksgiving is coming, <laughs> or Christmas is coming, maybe take a moment and see, do you have to? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you should just send everyone away and you sit around the house and play video games all day that sounds rad you know yeah that does sound yeah. rad now i don't yeah. know what guy dudeman was doing other than at 7 23 a.m on thanksgiving he wrote us a nice email pop, you know pop, what? popped out of bed first He's thing in probably the in another time zone where that's like a very normal like time to be up <laughs> on thanksgiving or maybe he got up to cook the turkey i hear that it takes a long day long time like sometimes all day i don't know but all that to say. Oh, I forgot to do. 
It's a uh, dude man. I forgot <laughs> to do it. I'm say. so sorry. Yeah. Here's our latest missive from Guy Dudeman, of course, from the great Twin Peaks podcast. It's happy hour in France. Uh, here's the thoughts I had. Uh, well, first he says, oh no, I missed last week's episode. <laughs> here are the thoughts I had as I listened to your amazing podcast. One thing I remember from last week, I forgot what brought this up, but if you look closely at both the experiment creature from the box and the experiment floating in space on episode eight, they both have small flaccid horn-like things on their heads. Um, sort of Wait, like- are we talking about the faceless female form? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, the experiment. Experiment, yes. Yeah. Um, this is a great Sarah Palmer episode. <laughs> Grace Zabriskie really gets to show off her acting chops here. And if you look at the package of jerky, You'll see there's a symbol that looks reminiscent of the Ace of Spades card that Mr. C has. The actor who plays Carl Rod, Harry Dean Stanton, has been directed by Lynch in Wild at Heart and The Straight Story. He sadly passed away a few years ago. Love and kindness to the friends and family of Harry Dean Stanton. And also, if you love Harry Dean Stanton's acting as Carl Rod, you should probably check out Wild at Heart or the straight story of the two of them for you leaf i would recommend the straight story i feel like it's a more wholesome movie you're not you're not just saying that because i happen to be a straight man (laughs) please come on (laughs) i don't just watch things that are straight okay i can watch gay things too thank you very much (laughs) look Uh, at you tess may remember how contentious this episode was when it aired The entire return was sort of contentious. Many people were turned off by the tone. I was on board for the most part as it aired, but there were moments of frustration. This was the most difficult episode for me. The Audrey scene, most of all, listening to the dialogue for the first time, I can remember yelling at the screen, oh, come on. But every viewing gets easier. Now when I watch, I find myself roaring with laughter when I watch Charlie and Audrey argue. Audrey. (laughs) on your husband but audrey i i I think i literally said that was one of my favorite scenes it's so weird yeah a natural contrarian return that's one of your favorites (laughs) just them having this conversation about people we don't even know so good it's interesting to note that while billy wasn't his name on season two billy zane played john justice wheeler who Audrey indeed had adult time with on his private jet, famously. We'll remember that. We were all there. We were there. possible that naming the character after an actor that played a character that Audrey slept with was a coincidence, but I doubt it. Hmm. I think Billy Zane's still after the heart of the ocean, actually. (laughs) After all these years, he's like, I actually just recently rewatched that. Very enjoyable movie. I very much enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird. I recently rewatched it too. Yeah, and uh, it holds up, man. I (laughs) I think it does. It's definitely, I think as I got older, it's more emotional. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, look, everyone's dying. And now I'm like, and there's that scene where the mom is like, oh, they're just going to let them on. And then we're next. And there's like, meanwhile, the gate is locked and all that. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, you know? I will say like um, 
but another thing about being older and watching the movie is that the the romance is like girl stop acting so unreasonable you just met this man yeah. he is you know who do you, how do you know that what do you <laughs> it's interesting too because i think i had to look this up because i think they're close in age but he seems so much younger than her yeah. in that movie yeah. you know it's really interesting you know yeah. Anyway, this has been Titanic talk Titanic with podcast. Titanic Titanic toss with talk with Leaf and Tess. One more, one more really interesting piece of trivia from Guy Dudeman. Mark Frost was the initiator of the return. Knowing that 25 years was coming up, he said he found a narrative way back in, pitched the idea to David, who agreed. Together, they wrote the entire script in secret over the next few years. Oh, secret thanks. script. Yeah, thanks again for another great app sent from my guy. Thank, Thank you, guy you. Thank you, Guy Dudeman. We appreciate you so much. Um, if anyone would like to send us a message from their um, dude phone, <laughs> just, <laughs> we also accept messages from other phones. Um, our email is samepeaks, y'all, at gmail.com. And we also have a Twitter handle. It's at same team, y'all. Uh, that's the name of our sister cast, which is um, sleeping right now. Mm-hmm. Hibernation. Yeah. She's, hibernate. She's a lovely bear. Yes. When in the springtime, she will emerge and be ferocious. <laughs> and look around and be so hungry. And she would wow. lose over a quarter of her body weight. <laughs> <laughs> so much fish. It's so majestic, but never touch. Because it is a podcast. <laughs> Okay, let's get into this. Well, we're here to talk about part 13 of Twin Peaks The Return, also known as What Story Is That, Charlie? And it opens with an amazing Congo line into... And really interesting music too, right? Oh, like Very strange music. I love experimental music that I'm like, is this music? I don't know. Let me listen to it. Like I, I It was really getting me going. I liked it, it a lot. Me vaguely of like maybe something that might play in a like our early 90s video game mm. like in the background yeah it actually um, sounded a little bit to me like a um almost um like the dial-up sound a little bit like when you old uh, like when you're getting on the internet you know yeah yeah so this conga line of the Mitchums, the girls, and Duper, as they uh, head into the insurance company, they have brought gifts for Bud Bushnell. They, uh, Candy presents him with a, what looked like an expensive bottle of liquor and diamond cufflinks and a key to his new car, which apparently matches Duper's new car. Very exciting. Tony, meanwhile, not excited about this. He's hiding in his office and he calls Mr. Todd and Mr. Todd reminds him of their agreement, basically. He's like, now you've got a day to remedy the situation, basically, of Duper being alive. The actor who plays Mr. Todd, so good at being very serious and creepy. Now, we don't know for sure. I don't think it's been revealed, but are we assuming that Mr. Todd works for Mr. C. That's what I would presume. That's what I would assume as well. Yeah. But I don't think it's ever been explicitly. I don't know if it has been, but. Guy Dudeman, let us know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And then we, uh, 
we flash over to uh, the Jones residence where uh, a gym set is being delivered for Sunny Jim. And uh, Janie E is bewildered by this, but also very happy. And then she also sees the convertible BMW in her driveway. And I think she's, you know, feeling those feelings that she's been feeling for Dougie. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought we were going to get another another sexy time scene with the two of them, you know. Yeah. So funny. Um, and that gym set for Sunny Jim, by the way, <laughs> is so extra it's got like lights and a spotlight and this there's this scene of sunny jim playing on his gym set and there's this another kind of weird musical um accompaniment to this scene it's like an instrumental version of um i forget what the song is but i think it is interesting to note that it's a piece of music from the ballet swan lake and Swan Lake is famously, um, you, if you are not into the world of ballet, there'd be no way for you to know this, but famously it features uh, a one dancer who plays two roles, which I think is um, kind of similar to the way that Kyle MacLachlan is playing multiple like versions of Dale Cooper, basically. So it's one actor playing like multiple roles sort of within the um so that was interesting i don't know if it's a coincidence mm, or not that... <laughs> no. i don't know if we're gonna highlight it do you know real quick do you or guy dudeman or any of our listeners that original music when they were doing the conga line like where do i get more like i really liked it i don't know if that's like a i'll look it up and see if yeah, i can if find mind. it for our next maybe episode. can we do that for the oh i never googled that segment <laughs> <laughs> remember we had that going for a little bit like yeah, i didn't have yeah. time to google it but i should have to look that up yeah. um i will i'm gonna try to find that music for you thank you yeah i really liked it i don't know <laughs> i listen to a lot of weird stuff though you do you do i do um, yeah. <laughs> i gotta send you this playlist i'm making um what is it well you know how we do staff day at the library yeah yeah well, um, this year I was put in charge of making the staff day playlist. Well, who else would you ask other than the hipster and the drop so <laughs> right, the hipster right. and the box. I remember the original I mean, hipster. Official uh, uh, library DJ yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just, all I did was put a call out to the staff just at large of the entire library system. Send me your fave songs of the moment. Um, or your fave artists of all time, whatever, just send me some music that you'd like on the playlist. And man, I am getting some really interesting, I had no idea, but like the musical tastes of the library staff span decades, genres, languages. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I have to share this playlist with you when I'm finished with it. Hey, can I add a song? Oh my goodness. Probably no, no one longer, even remembers me, right? You're like, no longer a staff member, but <laughs> not a No, this that's okay. I won't add a song. Oh, what song did you want to add? Um, it's called <laughs> B-I-T-C-H by Bay Miller. <laughs> no, that's no, not going on there. That's not acceptable? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good song. Check it out. It's filled with the um, I found it when I was looking at my um I don't think we had this conversation on 
on air. It was, oh, I think it was text where I was on my looking for angry female artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it was a very good song. So um, we have a new location mm-hmm. on the show. Western Montana, somewhere in Western Montana, Booper pulls up it to some facility. It looks like a warehouse or something. And um, uh, on a, on a screen watching him pull into the garage Ray is watching with a few other assorted individuals, like a, a motley crew of like, where are these guys from? You know, the very strange assortment of gentlemen. Um, uh, with, um, most of them with fairly unique facial features, yeah. I would say. Like everyone kind of looks a little, I don't want to use the word weird, um, atypical, yeah. you know? Well, so Ray is amongst these people and he's distressed and they want to know why, particularly this very tall, bald man named Renzo. Um, and, uh, and I know Ray, him. Yeah, I've well, seen him at I've seen him at the bald man meeting. I was about to say yeah. at the ball when you all get together at the meeting of yeah. bald men. You yeah, of course. Know. When I go to the bald men meetings, and yeah, <laughs> I I knew Renzo. He's kind of a troublemaker. This guy, you know. Believe it. Um, yeah. and uh, he's I, Ray is like the reason I'm not happy to see him is I thought that I killed him, but mm. apparently I didn't. And Renzo is like. I'd like to have some fun with this guy. And we soon find out what fun to Renzo is when Booper is given instructions to ride up in an elevator and um, uh, Muddy, another one of these men, um, explains that they're going to play a, a game, that he's a new contestant in a game that's been going on for 14 years um, of uh, arm wrestling and Renzo is undefeated. And um, uh, so they give him a choice uh, that you can either like participate in this uh, arm wrestling. And if you, if you win, if you lose, they'll get rid of you. If you, and if, but if he wins, he wants to know what happens if he wins. And he's like, I want, I want Ray. I don't because they tell him like, well, you'll be the boss if you win. He's like, I don't want a boss. I just want just want a few minutes alone with that guy right over there. This is actually how I just got my new position. Actually, I had to arm wrestle Renzo. <laughs> it, was, it was really brutal, and uh, and then they made me the boss. It was crazy, you know. Um, yeah. As they're um, uh, going to the venue for the arm wrestling, they like walk down some stairs into a like. <laughs> large empty room with like it's, a small table for it's arm wrestling. the arm wrestling stadium of course yes. regulation they enter, size they enter the arena yeah, um yeah. renzo punches him in the back of the head um anyways uh that seems to be the last laugh that he gets because they start arm wrestling and it's very clear that booper isn't even trying like he is in complete control of the match and keeps pushing him back into a starting position and um ends up uh getting tired and breaking his arm and then punching his entire face in yeah go ahead and highlight that yeah um it was interesting to me well i mean i don't know we all thought that arm was going to get broken right like yeah I, I did. We all but, knew there was something bad that happened. I didn't see arm. the punch, though. The punch was a surprise. Yeah. You know? um, so he, 
uh, he's the boss now. Um, and so he uh, he asked for a few cell phones and they all hand over their cell phones to him. Cell phones. Yeah, he needs cell phones a lot, Booper does. Um, and then Ray is like, oh no, I'm screwed. And he tries to get out of there, but he does it. Booper shoots him in the leg. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's this really funny, like, creepy scene <laughs> with the guy in the suit so i yeah. noticed him earlier and he was like look at all these tough dudes that are kind of like not the stereotype but like biker-esque kind of yeah, rough, yeah, yeah. rough dudes and um they made me think of like the modern ver- you ever see tangled yes yeah they made me think of like a modern version of those guys in like the pub like these are these are bad dudes and then you just have this guy wearing a suit and tie and he says you want some money is that what he yeah. says well, it's funny because what I also picked him out of that lineup too, uh-huh. and I was like, "That's a little odd." But then I thought, "Oh, I bet he, there he's like the guy who cooks the books for that." Like I just started like stereotyping him, like, "Oh, yeah. he must be their accountant." So then later, when he asked asked Booper if he needs money, I was like, "Maybe I'm right. Maybe that's what's going you need on." Money? <laughs> Amanda thought that he was like their like crooked lawyer kind of guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need some money. At first, I thought that only. Um, Booper could see him because he saw oh. he looked at him first, but then when Ray turned, he saw him too. And oh, I was like, Who's that would have been guy? funny. Yeah, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, which speaking of Ray, Ray, I mean, he was scared, but he wasn't the appropriate levels of scared given what he saw the last time he saw. I mean, oh, that's true. Yeah. He shot him. And then he saw all the what are they Maybe called? in the meantime, he convinced himself that it that he was crazy. It was a dream or something. That, what yeah. what's the word we're using for those guys? Oh, the woodsman. Woodsman, thank you. He saw yeah. them all come out and like pat his body and like they're like they're blood. Like he's was not the appropriate levels of freak out. Like <laughs> he was just like, oh no, he's gonna kill me. And I was like, in my head, I was like, no, you just saw like I don't even know what you saw, man. <laughs> you know, you saw like some really like, this deranged like theater show. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. now something that's um really surprising here oh okay wait okay so let me go back booper uh wants to know who hired ray to kill him and ray claims that it's a man named philip jeffries um who uh was played there was a character philip jeffries played by david bowie in firewalk with me he says what don't ask me about and we're not going to talk about judy judy thank you (laughs) yeah Thank you. Um, and he says that like why why they need to kill Booper is he said you got something inside that they want. I guess they're referring to Bob, who is inside of Mr. C. And then he also uh Ray has the owl ring, and he was instructed by Philip Jeffries to place that on to uh booper after he killed him um why didn't he well he maybe because the woodsman came out and he was too terrified to approach the body unprofessional yeah Yeah. (laughs) professional what you get i mean i guess so that's what you get with ray i mean come on buddy um and uh he said that a guard at the prison gave it to him so Mm. somehow jeffrey's uh, infiltrated this prison and and, nego- and negotiated this exchange. Um, and instead, Booper tells Ray to put on the ring. 
And, um, and then here's what was really surprising to me is that uh, all this is being watched again through this monitor. All these guys are watching it and Richard is there. Richard famously of killing children in Twin Peaks, uh, Richard Horn. I believe his name is Child Killer Richard is what they call him. Yeah. Kid, Kid Killer Richard is what they call he him. apparently is part of this gang. Um, yeah. And uh, um, so uh Booper wants to know where is Philip Jeffries and Ray tells him the last he heard he was at the Dutchman's um and then he starts to say it's not a real place and Booper kills him and says I know what it is do you know what it is I don't know what highlight it for me please okay you got it thank you and then the ring like falls to the floor in the red room and then Ray is there and then someone places the ring on the table. I Whose who's my... body is that in the red room? Wasn't that Ray's body? When I looked at it, I didn't think it was Ray's body. Oh, I thought it was Ray. I mean, it might be, but Ray's body didn't disappear though, right? Right, but maybe his soul got like sent to the red room, and maybe that's what Philip Jeffries was trying to do, mm, like trying to trap him, trying to trap Bob. Yeah, hmm. um, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get a scene with the detectives Fusco. <sighs> One of them is giving directions over the phone uh, to their mom. Um, this, uh, this scene really resonated with me because I spend a lot of time at the library giving directions over the phone. Um, <laughs> uh, Leaf, as you know, our library, uh, I would say recently, but it's been about two years, um, uh, moved locations to mm-hmm. a new location, which is not far from the old location. Um, and we are still informing the community <laughs> as to where we are located. So I do this a lot. So this scene kind of gave me a little bit of like, oh, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> take, a, take a U-turn. No, no, you've gone too far. Do you see the Speckle building? Turn around. Exactly. All these like landmarks. <laughs> um, and in the background, um, uh, there... <laughs> There is like craziness going on in the background. There's a woman pissing on the floor and then she has a knife and they taser her and they're screaming. She says something about making someone eat her poo-poo. Oh my gosh. It sounds like. If you're into it, no judging. However, if you're not into it, you probably don't want anyone to force poo-poo on you. Oh, there's like pure chaos going on in this police station. Um, Just uh, uh, (laughs) a... Mo, just a heartbeat away from the Fuscos uh, talking about having dinner with their mom. Um, and then they get informed that the prints have come back on Dougie Jones and it's a missing FBI agent. And they're like, ha ha, that's hilarious. And then they, they throw it, oh, throw it away in a very dramatic style. One of them tries to make a dunk into the <laughs> trash can. So, um, yeah, there's a, a mystery that you thought might need solving, but no, apparently they're just going to throw it in the chat. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, here's a mystery. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, 
And we have Chantal and Hutch. We have another scene of Chantal mm -hmm. and Hutch. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're driving through Utah and they're talking about Mormons. That's the whole scene. That's uh, a cute scene, actually. I, I, I really <laughs> enjoyed it because she was like, she said something like, no booze, no sex before marriage, no this. He goes, but a guy can have like seven or 10 wives, right? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You think there'd be more of them. You know? It's really cute. It, was a it, cute would be, scene. it would be a really cute scene if you didn't know that they like probably just like killed somebody and then ate Cheetos over their corpse. But yeah. like, yeah, um, I don't know. It's interesting though, because they don't, well, I was going to say they don't see that as a, as wrong, right? Like they're kind of so far beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Janie E drops Duper off at work in their new car. She's still guiding him out of the car. Yes. Everyone's like, always guiding him. There's actually like right there, uh, there's a scene like immediately following this where he walks straight into a glass door. Another thing that happens at our new library location. Um, you walk into doors more frequently than you would imagine. Uh, Leaf, I don't know if you ever got to see the new library location, but there's a lot of glass. I, I did. Yeah. Last time I went down, Elizabeth gave me a little tour. So yeah, that was yeah. nice. I almost flew right into a, a door. So luckily, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tony's waiting for him. As soon as he enters the building, he intercepts him, offers to buy him coffee. Um, oh, wait, I have missed something. Yes. Okay. That's okay. It happens. It <laughs> I happens. have to go back because I realized that this is the scene where Tony's going to poison <laughs> Duper, but I never talked about how he oh, got the poison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony goes uh, back with the Fuscos and the chaos and the police station. Um, uh, Tony is there at the police station to see someone named Detective Clark, who is on a smoke break, um, which I find it so interesting like whenever I see people smoking on TV, I get, I don't know, it like uh, it triggers me for some reason. Cause I just, I think I just don't see it very often. Like I think with, um, I think that uh, in general, the public are interested in health and know that cigarettes are bad for us. And so generally when you see someone on like you don't see people on tv or movies smoking generally um and if you do you kind of it's like shorthand for they're bad um Wait, does it trigger you as far as because you're like oh this is a bad thing or trigger yeah, you well, oh like, just because like you don't see yeah. it very often and then when you do see it it's typically used as like a plot device um uh because it's just not normal like to see people smoking now i think just because people like on the right generally or... people generally smoke less because we know more now about cigarettes and how harmful they are and you know you can still choose to smoke that's totally up to you do whatever you want um but i just don't see it on tv and movies a lot um and uh and so I don't know. It's just something that I was thinking about. Like, I wonder if that's supposed to be like, hey, pay attention. These guys are bad. Um, Maybe. But, but David Lynch and, well, no, but um, what's her name? Smokes. Uh, Diane. Diane. Mm. Also David Lynch or. Um, David Lynch does. He has a little. He used to. He used yeah. to. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm, anyways. Uh, 
So he asked him about if there's like an undetectable poison that he could use to fear you know, hypothetically kill somebody. And the the detective, I was it, I was very curious at first, like what is their relationship? What's going on? And yeah. then you find out this is like a real bad guy. Um, and he's like, Yeah, I'll sell you some undetectable poison for five thousand dollars, you you P word. Like he's really he's really mean to this to Tony. He's like um, really mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah Which is so, kind of cool because we're kind of like, you know, Tony was really mean to duper so then we were like like, yeah um yeah he's like disgusted by him and um and then there's like another detective like nearby also smoking their cigarette and you think like oh gosh i wonder if he heard that he did and he's in on the whole thing he's like yeah um we should probably call mr todd about this (laughs) i was thinking to myself about um like I was like, oh, that guy probably hears, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's in on it too. The, yeah. um, but it's funny they're like, we should call Mr. Todd, but Mr. Todd told him to do it too, right? Yeah, like Mr. That's Todd told true. him like, you better take care of this. So it's like just everyone reports to Mr. Todd. Like, I guess so. He's got like this far reach in the like criminal underbelly of Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yes, uh, Tony offers to buy him coffee, and uh, Duper looks beyond Tony at the pies and uh-huh. um he uh he, he like touches the glass <laughs> he's like patting it like mm-hmm. yeah and as he's doing that tony slips the poison into his coffee very convenient i, I barely noticed him like he did it so quickly it was <laughs> so stealthy. it was like i barely even saw it <laughs> um and a very nice waitress offers to uh, bring a, pie, a piece of pie over to um duper um and then he comes over and he kind of gives Tony a massage. Tony, by the way, it looks like he's like got a lot of dandruff, which I'm not judging him. I just feel a little bad that someone in his life is letting him walk around without like. Maybe he doesn't have anyone in his life. Maybe you're right. You know, I would feel like someone might have told him like, hey, buddy, do you want me to get you some tea gel? Hmm. Um, Or or maybe where... um, shirts that yeah, are white or lighter colors so wear a shirt that says this is not dandruff on it, <laughs> and it has two arrows up his back like, helpful oh, advice right. if you were like just wear a shirt that says i don't have dandruff i don't have dandruff guys maybe like i think that's dandruff but um the shirt says otherwise so i'm gonna let it go i don't think he has any i don't know who life. to believe um, I, I mean what's the t-shirts lie i mean now now all truth is out the window <laughs> um uh so duper starts giving him a massage and then tony starts crying and like realizes the error of his ways in that moment and then he goes there's a really funny scene where he goes to throw the coffee away into uh, the urinal <laughs> And the guy's like, that bad, huh? (laughs) Like, it's so bad. He Speaking of things that are bad, um, I was feeding. So my mom is on a little trip with her um, man friend. Yeah. And so I've got to feed Chippy, her 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 dog. Her her partner dude human? (laughs) Her partner dude human. Yes, of course. She's on a trip with her partner dude human. And anyway, so I have to feed Chippy, right? So I'm feeding and Freya. So Chippy has a specific diet, half of a thing of wet food with half a cup of dry food. And you kind of mix it in. So Freya's helping me. And she goes, 
oh, I want to eat some. I'm like, sure, go, go for it. So she eats the wet stuff and she doesn't like it. She spits it out. She's like, and then she's like, I want to try that one. I was like, the dry one? She was like, yeah. And she goes, "Mm, I like it. I was like, are you being serious? Are you joking? She goes, no, I really like it. And then she was like trying to get another one. I was like, I can't imagine that tastes good. (laughs) Anyway, she only ate two pieces, but (laughs) you know, I don't know, man. (laughs) Sorry, Um. Chippy. Back at the Twin Peaks Double R Diner, we get a scene of Shelly very hard at work. Her cell phone rings. It's Becky. Becky reports that Steven has been missing for two days. Um, I'm like, good riddance. But I don't know what happened to Steven, do we? No, we just know he hasn't been around for a couple of days. He's probably a job. Actually, I think I should have highlighted but did you know what i was about to say no you did. no okay I highlight it highlight it please okay. i figured out where he is <laughs> oh no um shelly i thought this was like a sweet mom moment because shelly mm-hmm. is like very busy at work her shift is going and but she said and at first she's like honey can you just call me back but then she i think she realizes that her daughter is like deeply in distress and she says why don't you come down and I'll serve you a slice of pie and we'll find some time to talk. And I thought that was like a really sweet moment. And you can see it on her daughter's face. Like, yeah, that would be really nice. Yeah. And I think she says hot chocolate too. Hot chocolate, a piece oh. of pie. Okay, mom. Thanks. Um, uh, Tony is confessing to Bud Bush. Poor guy. He's crying. Yeah, he's crying. Told him like I've been working for Duncan Todd. I've been lying to you. I've been cheating. And Bushnell asks him if he would testify against Duncan Todd and the corrupt cops. Um, and Tony is just like beside himself like he just wants to be a better person and so i guess you know he's gonna do what he has to do and it's all thanks all thanks to to duper and his one of my favorite bits in the show of of which there are many is the idea that everyone's like duper what a phenomenal human you are so great and he's just like human like yeah that's what you are good job buddy you're so and he really showed me the way. I'm like, show me the way. No, you showed me the way. <laughs> like, I think that's, and it's it's been going on for how, like, a lot of episodes. Yeah. It's been going, and I keep thinking, like, I've almost given up now. Not in a bad way, but, like, I used to be, like, when he first turned into Duper and all that. And I was like, oh, okay, in this episode, Coop's going to wake up. Nah. Okay, how about in this one? Not, and they keep teasing us, right? They tease us with the badge, and they tease us with the statue, and they tease us with the coffee, and they tease us with the pie. And it's like, no, nah, he's still just he's still just duper. He like, I, I mean, I guess he's probably functioning better than he did at the beginning. At the beginning, right. he didn't even well, know to go to the bathroom. Well, Guy Dudeman mentioned this in his his note to us about how contentious the series was when it first came out and i feel like this was a huge point of contention amongst the fan base the the dwindling fan base at that point um was like uh when is cooper coming back like we want to see cooper and you and like what highlight it for me please okay (laughs) highlight it for me please oh my goodness such an incredible series you know what Thank you, the universe, for creating David Lynch. <laughs> I mean, really, like this guy, 
he is next level you know um back at the double r diner bobby comes in and he orders the usual um which i am so jealous of anyone who has a usual you know what i mean like i've always just wanted to be like a person who has a usual like you go into a restaurant you'd be like i'll have I'll have the usual. And I tried really hard. There was this one diner I was going to every single weekend and I always ordered a broccoli and cheese omelet. And I really, really tried to get them to admit that that was my usual. But every single time I'd be like, darling, I'll have the usual. And the waitress would be like, what do you, what do you want to eat? Like, can you... (laughs) They probably have been burned before. Like someone's probably like, I'll take the usual. I'm like, I got it. And they're like, wait, none of this is what I want. And they're like, are you sure? What's going on? The um uh, and I'd be I'd even be like, you know what I'm going to order. You know, I order the exact same yeah. thing every week here. And they'd be like, I know, I'm just gonna need you to say it so that I can write it down. <laughs> Legally, can you say it into the mic for me, please? My supervisor's listening. Verbal um, consent to this, this broccoli you, and cheese. Do you, can, do you give me your consent for this broccoli and cheese? It's so funny. The um what was I gonna say? I almost had a usual at Chipotle down when I used to live. Uh-huh. You know, down there because I was going in there so often and I never said like give me the usual but I went in and I I did like a, oh I'll have a, and he goes a bowl and I was like yeah and he goes and then <laughs> I, you know and he kept going and he went all the way down so it wasn't a, but he understood like yeah. he was still confirming with me every way every step of the way and I was like this young man he's going places and now he's the yeah. CEO of Chipotle. You know? I also, I also am really curious to know what Bobby's usual is and we don't see it in this episode. And I wonder if we're going to see it in a future episode. Highlight it for me, please. Oh, okay. You have a, a theory about his usual. <laughs> of course. Um, Norma and Big Ed. This is the first time we've seen Big Ed, yeah, right? This is the first time we've seen Big Ed. So good. Um, <laughs> And they, they tell Bobby, like, come and have dinner with us. And um, Bobby starts telling them about, like, they ask him, like, how's it going, Bobby? And he's like, yeah, we found some stuff that belonged to my dad, which made me wonder about, like, the timing. Thank you, because he said of, it was today. Right? Yeah, of this episode, because I was like, did all of this happen in, like, one day, like, that they... They found that they w- they looked inside the chair and they threw the thing. And then also that the the weird vomiting girl and the gunshots and, and like that can't all have happened in the same day. So I wonder if Bobby, I wonder if either it's a like some kind of mistake. <laughs> That's impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> I am. Or- or maybe Bobby did some more digging. He found more stuff. Like yeah, the first maybe. thing was interesting. And the second one was like, oh, I found a pair of my dad's old underwear somewhere. <laughs> there are no mysteries there. <laughs> I found, but, I recently found some old photos of my grandma and grandpa. Um, like just personally, I thought it was really cool. And they're all smoking in them, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting point about smoking. Because now I'm going to have to pay attention. Because I guess I don't really see it in film that often um not nowadays i feel like that if you watch an older movie you yeah. will definitely see it like um I like everyone's re- smoking yeah i recently rewatched. Uh, i think i've talked about this on the on the podcast before but w- whenever i watch ghostbusters i'm always really worried about dan Aykroyd because he's just yeah. like 
like like comedically like inhaling smoke at all times so. <laughs> um netflix just came out with a live action um it's a show based on the anime cowboy, cowboy bebop. bebop yeah have uh-huh. you heard of it or watched it i mean i've heard of it i haven't watched it yeah. yet yeah i used to back in the, watch the original back in the day i would stay up to like two to watch it because it would come on adult swim back in the day and like two was when cowboy bebop came on it was different times man but anyway in that show the main character spike smokes and he's probably like the 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 danger with smoking is luckily it's changing but i was gonna other than like you being sick is like that if it's filmed a certain way it looks really cool right you know and i remember thinking as a young kid because i'm a you know me i'm a well i was gonna say i'm a rule follower but i you know uh you know i like to do the right thing what i think is the right thing and so even as a young man i was like no i'll never smoke but then I remember watching Spike, this anime character, smoke, and I was like, oh, damn. So does he smoke in the new adaptation? He does. In fact, it's kind of a plot device, too, where I think it's either with two, I think it's either, I think it's him, two other characters do the same thing, where the, it's really, really weird. Maybe not look too much into it, where there's two different women. So two entirely different scenes, two women, and both struggling to light a cigarette. And then him coming and like lighting it for her. But it's like two different scenes, two different women and two different men. Like, it's just really weird. Like, what is wrong with the women in this universe? They don't know how to work. <laughs> they don't know how to work lighters. Like, what, what is that? Unless like the director was just like, oh, that's a really cool, like it is cool. Like he kind of like, and I think he did a thing where he like, which once again is kind of weird now because we're in the age of COVID and all that where he he like takes a cigarette and like lights it like and puffs it and then gives it back to her. Like it's in his mouth and then in her mouth, I don't know how how that works with anyway he smokes it it looks cool not as cool as anime spikes though and i think that's why they don't include it in like movies and tvs anymore because it's like oh that'll encourage impressionable humans to also smoke cigarettes you you remember joe camel do you remember joe camel yeah i do remember remember he used to like gamble and hang out he was cool and he was like hey kids smoke some (laughs) eat some yogurt and smoke some cigarettes i'm like okay joe camel sure he's like hey you got to catch all those pokemons uh first you got to catch all these cigarettes in your mouth i was like okay joe camel and ronald mcdonald would come in and be like here eat this (laughs) yeah right you know but sometimes i know we're going on this weird tangent but sometimes like um like mascots can be for good remember scruff mcgruff remember oh, yes I yeah remember. or stuffed. smoky the bear smoky the bear or sparky the fire dog remember sparky i don't remember sparky Sparky the fire dog was a you're not gonna believe this he was a fire dog he was a, he was a dalmatian who was like a dalmatian man you yeah. know like scruff oh, mcgruff uh-huh, yeah like yeah. scruff mcgruff yeah, I, I know. Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Yeah, that's, I do remember. I do remember. I have this dream where one day there'll be a, like, I know this is a tangent and I, I'm already playing like three more tangents based on this tangent. So I apologize that we would have like a shared universe where like Smokey oh, I love and it. Sparky and um, Scruff. Like Scruff yes. is like, oh, this is a bit, I need to get my friend Smokey. You know, Smokey's like, I'm out of the game. He's like, people are still, I saw the forest and they're just chopping them down, man. And then I learned about how actually some forest fires are safe for the forests <laughs> and they get rid of underbrush. And now I don't know what's true, man. <laughs> and, um, what was I going to say? Oh, and what was the name of the owl? The don't, don't pollute, give a hoot. He had a name. Oh, did he have a name? 
guy dudeman let us know anyway oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I, I had a dream about that do you care and this is the last tangent on a tangent about a uh a spoiler for the clifford the big red dog movie go for it man so i saw this movie with a man with freya and it, it's a fine movie but i don't know why something about the trailers like really spoke to me and i really thought it was going to be like my movie of the year like this is the movie i watch every year like somehow <laughs> like the trailers did it for me have you seen any of the trailers for clifford i've seen the trailers yeah, yeah. did you see the scene where it's like what's he doing what's he doing and he's, he's like trying he's... to make himself smaller yeah and i was like this is a really good kind of kind of a metaphor for trying to fit in right but being yourself anyway spoiler alert, it's a fine it's a fine movie but i was in my head because i love the shared universe situation i was like i'm gonna lose my mind if because there's a magical like pet store owner played by john john cleese maybe anyway played by someone and it, that's where clifford comes from right this magic so i was about to lose my mind if at the end post credits of course it's like him on the phone and he's like oh you were looking for a pet oh you're interested in a monkey well i have one he's and quite curious he's quite curious thank you and i was like dear dear <laughs> goddess all the powers that exist in the universe let this happen please and have this curious george movie that leads into this and then i was thinking the very hungry caterpillar and i was like could you make Birds it happen bears can you imagine well they're okay anyway <laughs> okay i mean the mom never I'm takes down. off the mom never takes off like her house dress her moo. i was like come on you know what i mean mm-hmm. not to be that guy but still anyway <laughs> this is the spoiler for clifford it didn't happen is what i'm saying you oh, know i know as a missed missed opportunity you, i would have lost my mind if at the end he was like i've got him he's a little curious I'm like, oh god Anyways, um, Bobby uh, <laughs> offers to leave. He's like, hey, Ed, if you and Norma want to have dinner. And Ed's like, don't even bother, man. That's not happening. He said, he said nothing's happening here. Yep, yep. Ed, now, Ed's such a good character. You know? Yes, he is. Um, I have a lot of feelings about Big Ed in this episode. Um, this A man walks in, his name's Walter, and he's there to see norma and he even gives her a kiss it's hard for me to tell if walter is like a personal acquaintance or a professional acquaintance or a little bit of both um but he just had to drive over and sexual share acquaintance re- <laughs> share the reports with her um that three of her five norma's double r diner franchises hey, let's hear it for norma are profiting but way to go norma such a good surprise but the Twin Peaks location, her flagship diner is lagging. And the reason is because the pies taste better in Twin Peaks because Norma uses the finest ingredients. And Walter's like, you know, at the other the other locations, they use all your same recipes, but they save costs on the ingredients. And um then he and he also thinks it would be a really good a good idea for her to change the Twin Peaks location to a Norma's Double R Diner as opposed to just a a Double R Diner. Um, 
Because that's what the other ones are called, right? Yeah, yeah. And Norma's a little hesitant because she wants her pies to taste good and she doesn't want to lose her clientele that are used to She doesn't want to sell out. It's like the thing that you and I stay up every night worried that we're going to sell out with this podcast. Yeah, uh, right. Speaking of which, if you guys have enjoyed this, our Patreon is... (laughs) (laughs) Another uh, businesswoman in town, Nadine, is hanging out at uh, Run Silent, Run Drapes. Um, her silent drape runner store um, and um, she's working and she has a display in her window of the golden shovel that Dr. Yeah. Amp sells on his broadcast and Dr. Jacoby just happens to be driving through town and he like comes to a crashing halt in front of her store and just has to go and ring the doorbell um, and so uh, she responds and she is um, overjoyed to see Dr. Jacoby and explains that the, the display is a tribute to him and his show. And he is deeply touched by this. And he tells her it's us against them. Um, and uh, I'm trying to wrap my head around Dr. Amp. <laughs> I, I really am because... I- I like like here's the here's the thought process is it's like so he's got this show right where he, yeah. he kind of gets people riled up right which we know yeah. exists in the world so I feel like yeah. David Lynch is trying to say something right but then it's like he's just getting him angry about just vague things that you can fill in whatever you want right it's us against them but it's like is it just for the money like he's selling shovels <laughs> like it's just weird because the it's Dr. Hard. Jacoby I know I feel like wasn't motivated by money right? well and he seems i don't know about how you felt about this scene but i thought this was kind of a sweet scene and mm-hmm. he's very sincere and she seems very sincere yeah. i don't think he's scamming people no i don't think i mean and you think about it if he is scamming people for money why does he live in a trailer in the woods and wear the same denim overalls in every single That's scene a very good point yeah um yeah. so like i i i see what you're saying but i don't think that it's a money it's like a fiscal motivation um <laughs> and i find this scene so interesting too because like they say something about he says something about like oh, the last time i saw you was seven years ago um, you were looking for a potato on the floor of the supermarket and there was a storm that day. Um, and she's like, yeah. And I thought that was so strange because like we know from the secret history uh-huh. that at some point in his career, back when he was a therapist, he did treat Nadine and he thought she would have been a good um, a good like guinea pig for his glasses that yeah. he ended up just using himself. Um, and so we know that he's aware, he's been aware of Nadine and she's been aware of him, but, um, I guess like his hermit lifestyle, he just doesn't interact with people as much. Cause I'm thinking like Twin Peaks is a small town. Like, wouldn't you run into Dr. Amp like all the time? Well, how about this? Like Twin Peaks is smaller than the town where your library is, right? I would imagine so. But the town where your library isn't that big. And people still don't know where the library is, <laughs> you know? That's yeah. True. And um, I'm not running into like my therapist at the grocery store, like no. every day. Oh so. man. Speaking of which I started therapy up again recently. 
good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. She's real great. It's and also I changed my medication too. <laughs> doing a lot, doing awesome. a lot of changes. Yeah. Also, I discovered that my uh some of my staff listen to this cast. So hey, what's up, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I realized that it's like, okay, how much do I say? And I was like, ah, whatever, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, any, um, oh, I did think this was a very sweet scene. Yeah. Um, this is juxtaposed against a, a very not sweet, very unsettling scene to me of Sarah Palmer. She's watching an old boxing match. Highlight it. Okay. It seems to be just repeating um uh like this one like part of the match is just repeating over and over she's drinking she's smoking in fact her ashtrays are overflowing with cigarettes and she um, smoked in the original too didn't she um she might have i think and she then, did and then there was and then there's like static like in the background like every time that it repeats over um ugh. I don't like this scene. The very last loop, though, is different. Yeah. Yeah, the last loop, it's, it's out of sequence. It's a little bit different. Yeah. You didn't uh, like this scene? No, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, Audrey and Charlie are back. Now, and this is, this. I feel like this scene was sort of unsettling, too, um, for other reasons. But uh, Audrey says a few unusual things in this scene she says i feel like i'm somewhere else or somebody else i'm not sure who i am but i'm not me um and charlie is very condescending towards her and she's very upset and she tells um and he tells her to go to the roadhouse because that she's because she's confused about like why were they arguing where was she going um and he's like you were gonna go to the roadhouse you should just go and she's like where is it like she's she doesn't know where it is now which is very strange because audrey would know where the roadhouse is and everyone um, does it's a yeah and then and then charlie says some unusual things too he says um he says, uh, should I just end your story? And she's like, what story is that? Is it the story about the little girl who lived down the lane? And um, and she talks about how she wants to stay, but she also wants to go. And then at one point she says, help me. It's like Ghostwood. Um, and this is just a very con- confounding scene. Did you want me to highlight any of that? <laughs> my favorite part of that whole scene was the do you want me to end your story like that's so good um because the reason that this like unsettles me now is like i now i can't help but think of your theory about how like they're in a tv show and some of them might have become aware that they're on a tv show um and this whole like Audrey saying that she's somewhere else, somebody else. Oh, yeah, like she is. What's the actress's name that plays Audrey? Carolyn Fenn. Like she's thinking she's that person, right? I don't know. Like, and that- maybe she doesn't know where the roadhouse is because like it doesn't have a physical location. It's a set, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, it's almost like we solved it. And maybe he's like, should we end your story? Because he like somehow became aware of it, right? Charlie seems Charlie he's i really i really like charlie he's a, he's a good guy <laughs> <laughs> um oh 
leaf at the roadhouse jay I laughed out loud when this happened. Your favorite song of all time started playing. My favorite singer and my favorite song. Uh, when he was like, James Harley. Performing Just You and I. There's a woman in the booth who is reacting very emotionally. Have you seen her before? Was she in the last episode, like part of that conversation that didn't make? I don't remember. I feel yeah. like have seen her before in one of these like assorted like at the roadhouse talking about people we don't know scenes but I I can't guarantee you that's one of those I'm too lazy to google it um the crowd is loving it they're all like swaying just swaying oh god they love this how's the song go Tess I don't really remember can you give us a little rendition okay uh-huh uh-huh highlight um, it because i have an idea about that okay my husband was watching this with me um a, uh, he's not a fan of the return um and he wanted me to point out first of all he was very distracted by the woman's tattoos we did we determined she has a tattoo of the numbers seven six six three which might be like an important date and she also has a tattoo of a rose, which Brett was like, is it a blue rose? I'm like, I don't know. It's just a rose. Wait, which woman? The crying woman? The crying woman in the booth. I don't think any of that is significant, but Brett really wanted me to tell you that James is not playing the guitar. Because <laughs> his fingers aren't moving? His fingers aren't moving the way that they should move if he's um, actually playing the song live. You know what, Tess? I've watched so much of the show. I'm done now. I'm However, done. Worst show of all though, time. I'm out. What? Well, and then Brett. And Brett did say that um, he was like, you know, the true fans of of Twin, Twin Peaks. Uh oh. They um they weren't dealing with this like return stuff. They didn't want to watch this. And I was like, no, the true fans are people like me and Leaf who are like here for everything. <laughs> Real quick, Tess, do you um. You ever miss same team, y'all? Because I do do too. Because like I would love to go into a big conversation about what is a true fan of anything and who gets to decide that, right? It's so interesting. We've seen the same thing with so many different fandoms, right? You know, the true fans hate the ending to Game of Thrones, right? Right. Normal fans like it, you know. The true, yeah, the true fans definitely hate the Last Jedi. And unrelated, all minority related scenes. <laughs> um, and then the very end of the episode, we see Big Ed um, at Big Ed's gas farm, his gas station. Um, Big Ed is eating to go soup from the Double R Diner. He's mm-hmm. watching cars drive by. Brett pointed out that he has a sign that says all repairs strictly cash, which he feels is shady. Um, He (laughs) wanted me to tell you that as well. And then the credits roll. They just roll over Big Ed kind of just drinking his soup. And at one point during the credits, Ed lights something on fire and watches it burn. It's like a piece of paper or something, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm worried about Big Ed. I hope he's okay. (laughs) Well, you know what's so funny is... um, well, how about this? Maybe Big Ed um, not set up to accept credit, right? He doesn't have <laughs> square pay. 
And maybe he's been burned before with bad checks. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm with you. He should get on, get on it. I'm a little surprised he's still working there. You think he would have like passed it on to someone or, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, James has his music career. So like, who else would he give it, it to? It is so funny too, because they bring out the special announcer who previously was like, <laughs> now coming up, it's Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, oh, who's it going to be? And it was like, James Hurley. <laughs> so funny so wait uh, the, real quick the true fa- well people that got frustrated with the show like did they just drop off and they're done with it yeah over i, I every week the ratings went down yeah. <laughs> See, it's so tough because i've experienced that particular story like the story of enjoying a thing while watching the ratings right yeah, yeah. so many times in my in my not so much now, but in my life, as in like I'm watching Heroes and it's a sports season and it's going down, down. What's the Nielsen? I'm watching Sarah Connor Chronicles. The ratings go down, down. I'm watching this. The ratings go down. And it's well, like, it's it's it difficult. Is, you know? I know it even happens like nowadays in this golden age of, of television, they'll give like a really awesome show, like one season. And then they'll be like, and hey, we're done. We're not yeah. going to. You know, just cliffhanger you'll never know what happens you know <laughs> yeah it's uh, the um the oa you know the oa I, actually got two seasons but it ended on such yeah. an epic cliffhanger and now yeah. we'll never know what yeah. i was just thinking about that show the other day i know uh, i i only saw the first season i didn't watch the second but my friend miranda had told me about the there's like a tree universe or something. Oh there's like a God. scene where like a tree reaches through. You like, need to watch it. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, it, it's, it's like, did you think the first season was weird? <laughs> I love weird stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, also, highlight Big Ed for me, please. Highlight Big Ed. You got it. Highlight is Big Head. <laughs> big Ed's Big Head. Are you ready to discuss the many mysteries that I've highlighted by? I am. By Real quick, are you are you enjoying yourself, Tess? Sure. <laughs> I am as well. This has been great. Okay. <laughs> What's that? That short didn't sound very convincing at all. <laughs> Mysteries, they're happening everywhere. There's a mystery. Bob found his dad's underwear. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, Bobby. Let's yeah. Go again. yeah. All right. <laughs> Let me see my first highlight. Ah. How about Booper? You had me highlight the fact that Booper is completely in control of the arm wrestling match and doesn't even seem to be trying. Yeah, to me, because what was that guy's name? Renzo. Wait, Ren- don't you remember? I do. Well, yeah, that's right. I, I, my best bud, Renzo. We always <laughs> hang out at the Bald Men Club. Um, he's, you know what? He's an okay guy. He's an okay guy. <laughs> really? Were- anyway, he, um, Renzo's a big guy, right? And Booper's a little guy, right? Yeah. And Booper, I mean, if he has the same kind of body as Cooper and Duper, then, you know, he's in pretty good shape. But Renzo's bigger and in theory stronger right he's never lost in 14 years and this uh, booper didn't even have to try that hard in fact he didn't try he was just like hmm hmm somehow and i don't know what it means exactly but the laws of physics don't really apply to booper in the same way as in and it made me think of do you remember in the magicians where like 
um, the beast, like somehow like he was denser than all reality around him. Yeah. Right. And like, he could just like, um, like just casually push through like a clock or a wall because he was so much denser. And then they had that whole idea where it's like, he seemed normal sized, but he was actually massive, like the size of a universe squeezed into a tiny space, like into our universe. I think something like that's happening, you know, because even when he punched his face, like his face collapsed, <laughs> like, yeah. he didn't like punch him. And it was just like, his face <laughs> got, yeah, it got smushed. Poor Renzo. Oh, oh my gosh. I got uh, Philip Jeffries says at the Dutchman's. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is what do you think of when you think of the Dutchman? I don't think I think of anything. I think of the Flying Dutchman. What is that? The fly, the Flying Dutchman is um shoot. Well, who what is his name? Give me <laughs> one second. The Flying Dutchman is the ship of oh davy jones oh from yeah. the pirates of the caribbean yeah and also before that what are you doing girly yeah i love to drink some water <laughs> so for audio listeners my daughter came in with some water i'm gonna drink it glug, 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 glug. oh it's so good okay i drank that a lot yeah i know I you drank it for real uh, okay for audio listeners she drank all the water so <laughs> there's no water in this drink <laughs> Hey, Very you, impressive feat. Yeah, you ready to go back to your show? Yeah. Okay. Don't forget to close the door. Close the door, please. Okay, okay, okay. I'll be back in a little bit. She's the water champ. Yeah, do you see the, how big this jug is? Oh Look my gosh, she drinks, she's so hydrated. Yeah, it wasn't completely filmed. It was you should be filmed. proud. You're just, it should be just like a proud moment as a dad to see Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? The Flying Dutchman is Davy, Davy Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. And he's from, he's, he's from Pirates of the Caribbean, but also old like uh, sailor legends. And so Davy Jones is the one who grabs people who've died at sea. He guides their souls to the afterlife, or that's what he's supposed to do in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He, he doesn't let them go to the afterlife and they become a part of the ship. monsters. Anyway, that's what made me think of like somehow like Dutchman, like trapped between living and dead can't pass on. There's something there. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Why? Thank you. (laughs) Um, let's see. The next highlight I have is that Steven has been missing for two days. He's- yeah, I think he's been uh, going on job job interviews, of course. You know? <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. He's been going to job interviews. Perfectly innocent, like yeah. trying to better himself. He went to his local library and he, he's at the job source um, truck. He's like, working on his resume. Um, helping him. D- did a little bit of res- uh, interview one-on-ones. I practice and, uh, you know, working on those... Um, uh, references so he's gonna come back and he's like i'm clean i got a job i'm not gonna hit you anymore <laughs> um I, you have something to say about the fact uh that like everyone um thinks that duper is like this really great inspirational figure and oh, he- no this is like where I was going with inspires, it. He inspired uh, Tony to confess in this episode. So actually, no, I had something to say about, well, yeah, something there. And then um, something about people waiting for when is Cooper showing up, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So one is I don't think he was giving Tony a back massage. I think he was just moving the 
dandruff around. Like, I think oh. he was just kind of like touching it and like moving the dandruff around. And then Tony interpreted this as like affectionate touching. Anyway, that's that. Um, but I think, remember how, so, okay. So here's, here's a theory and I don't know how I feel about this. And, and please, you know, if there's any true fans listening, please be, 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 uh, be, I'm just a regular working class fan, you know, <laughs> I'm just I'm working my way up the fandom one <laughs> one one rung at a time, you know. Um I got a good in, internship at the fandom. I'm hoping it's going well and uh, I'm working on my fandom resume. Anyway, um let me think about this. So I think David Lynch is playing I've told you playing with our expectations, right? Where he's in the past I've said uh where he purposely gives us like things that don't go anywhere right and i think he knows what we want like we want like when we see audrey we want audrey to act like audrey right and do cool audrey things and we want some characters we've said this before some characters seem the same and some are very different dr amp and dr jacoby two very different characters and i think he's playing with our expectations and just like he's giving us all of this this um was it Charlie and Audrey stuff that like, we're like, what does this even mean? Why are we spending time on this? And like a fan, a true fan maybe would be watching this and be like, why did they spend five minutes and 32 seconds on this when they could have spent five minutes and 32 seconds on something that I wanted? Well, I think David Lynch knows what the fans want. I think he's a very smart guy. And not only is he going to deny us the thing that we want, I think David Lynch is also playing around with the idea of like fan. I'm so sorry, guys. Entitlement where we're like, when are we getting the Cooper? We need the Cooper. And David Lynch goes, I don't know, maybe, you know, not to get too serious. When are we getting Luke that acts like the Luke, right? When are we getting this? We deserve this. When are we getting this? And I think David Lynch is playing around with that idea, but like, no, you don't. You don't deserve any of it. Who says so? I made it. Deal with it. Do you want me to tell you what it means? Do you want me to tell you what it means? No. But I des- I'm the true fan. Davlin says no. That's the end of that story. I love it. That's why I'm saying David Lynch is like one of my favorite humans of all time. Can you um, tell me about this? No. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't explain it. One of my favorite, <laughs> sorry, one of my favorite quotes from The Matrix. I think I've mentioned this before. Maybe not. One of my favorite, it's from uh, Matrix Reloaded, phenomenal movie. It's um, comprehension is not a prerequisite for compliance. And it's like, and I've been thinking that a lot as a, as a new manager, like, please, just, just, just please do it, please. Okay, let me go back. So when I was a child, this is my reasoning. <laughs> or you could just please do it. That'd be great too. Um, anyway, um, oh, one more thing about David Lynch too, is I, I don't know how I feel about this thing. You know how the whole thing is, like it means something and david lynch is like i won't tell you what it means right and that's the mystery right and so me you other people that enjoy this show um are trying to this is what we think it means this is what we think david lynch even just then right like david lynch is like saying he's saying us something about our entitlement as fans what if there is no meaning like there literally is no like secret story. Like he's just, he's not putting words into like a random word generator, but close to it. And like his great experiment is he makes the thing and then we make the story, right? 
I love that. I I love that theory. I personally love it because once again, and that's why he's never told anyone what it means is because he doesn't know what it means. That's exactly right. Like it's like to him, like maybe it doesn't mean anything, right? Like just like any piece of art, right? Like you look at a piece of abstract painting and sometimes you can look at it and maybe the artist will have something off to the side, like, oh, I was inspired by music or these feelings or something. But a lot of times it's just we're creating it with them. Like they create a thing and then we're putting in our perception of it, which then creates the art. And I think that's what Dave Lynch is doing. You and I love Marvel movies, but there's not a lot of gray area. You know what I mean? Captain America was the good guy and then he beat the bad guy. And then these cool, and then he punched a guy and he threw a shield and then, you know, spoiler, he became an old man and all that fun stuff. But it's like, not like a, what does it mean? It means heroes beat up a guy and they murdered a lot of people, but we made it okay. Cause it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this before. Um, but anyway, I think David Lynch is like, no, man, no. What if he, what if, they, what if David Lynch is like, let me tell a story that doesn't actually need a story. Right. Like there, there is a plot ish <laughs> right <laughs> right but there doesn't need to be you know i like, don't know like maybe like the fact that the bobby scene seemed out of place is like well it doesn't really matter like <laughs> none of it matters well it's also like that idea of like if you're like oh that's not like here's the deal like not and brett if you're listening, I love you, man. But I mean, like that idea, like he's not really playing the guitar, right? And I've seen other movies too, where, you know, they're not. But it's like one of those things too, is that like Booper didn't really punch a man's head in, right? <laughs> so it's like one of those things that like, maybe he's like, and maybe one day, what's the actor who plays James Hurley? He's like, do you want me to pretend the strum? He's like, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> the interesting thing is that in the credits, the song is credited to being performed by um, by James um so uh so uh he what maybe he wasn't playing it like in like when they filmed it yeah maybe he played it like maybe he played it like in the sound studio and then yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know but i could just gotta tell you i mean it's a phenomenal show man you know did you have any idea what bobby's usual is Oh yeah, I was gonna think of some weird joke. Um, Bobby's usual is um, uh, I was actually in the double R and I saw him order his usual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so his usual is very specific. It's a um, it's a small baby shoe filled with sweet peas, and then surrounding it is um, strawberry syrup, and then um, right on top of it are three green olives. That's his usual. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that it's really. Cool gross well you know what that's what it is the really weird thing is why it's a baby shoe but that's fine you know that's fine (laughs) that's the weird thing that's the weird thing (laughs) oh my goodness let's see what else did i have i don't know if i told you to highlight but bobby's um or james hurley's song oh um we yes you did have did i okay well then we won't want to talk about it now or do you want to wait let's wait okay because in the middle uh before that you wanted to talk about that old boxing match that sarah is yeah you know who i think that was on that boxing match was it bud bushnell i think it was but was you thought that too right i did think that yeah i don't know if it is we 
do know an old boxer. We so. do know an old boxer. I think it was him. Now, as far as the loop, I'm not really too sure. I mean, I think there's the, so there's two ways we can always approach this, right? One is the, um, what do we think is happening, right? Like a time travel loop, bad cable. Does mm-hmm. she not know the DVDs looping or whatever, right? Or the second way we can do it, because if we've decided that there isn't actually, ex- there, there doesn't need to be explanations for anything, then the next thing can be, what is David Lynch trying to say if he's trying to say anything, right? So, and then maybe the thing he's saying is that her life is just like she drinks, smokes, goes to sleep. It's on repeat, just like her boxing yeah. matches, you and, know? And then she's always watching something violent because the last time we were with her, she was watching that nature documentary of like the lions eating something and night vision. And then yeah. now she's watching this like black and white boxing match, two men beating each other up. Um, yeah, it, it is interesting. I need um, to get you your book back too. I'm looking right at it. I'm sorry, I haven't sent it back to you. Which one? Your secret history book. Oh yeah. I still have it. I'm looking right at it. There it is. That's okay. So. You can send it whenever. Yeah, I'll send it. And I, I told you I got another book that I'm gonna give you. Oh, I, good. I found and it. Um, I didn't finish it, but it. I'll send it to you. You'll see. Okay. You'll see. Um. James uh and just you and I you yeah know. so I think he's doing this so <laughs> I feel like when he does this song they're always or at least the two times we've seen it there's two women uh-huh. right singing yeah. right and, and it's a very interesting beautiful brunette well by the well not I won't go into that but I was gonna say the I think somehow there's something being told or said about like the relationship. I've said this before between men and women, you know, in this song, something about him singing, because really like the song, what is it like you and I will go strolling forever. Like there's nothing. Okay. You know, and then also like his voice is like really like high pitched and, and weird. And, and they're just, the women don't have like any, autonomy like they're not saying they don't even have personalities they're just you repeating know? what he's saying they're just repeating and they're looking blankly out and same thing with um uh who is it donna and not laura <laughs> right you know Daddy. like just kind of looking and they're on their knees looking up at him you know which has its own kind of connotations right you know and so i don't know i think there's something there he's saying i just don't know what it is you know or really the answer is or the actual way to phrase it is there's something there that I'm trying to say, and I don't know what it is since mm-hmm. it's like, I'm filling the story with myself. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and what did you want to say about big Ed? One of my favorite scenes in the entire show. I thought it was so good. I think and it's interesting because you looked at it and you were worried about him. Like he's real depressed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he is, but um, sometimes you just got to like, watch the traffic go by you know and just look at the trees or look at the thing and light a thing on fire and i think that's what was going on i don't i think if i was the guess he's probably thinking about norma maybe they did by the way that scene had earlier had two really good surprises because i'm like oh big ed and norma are together and then he's like oh nothing's going on here you're like oh Mm -hmm. then the second surprise is wait she she's franchised her restaurant like this yeah. is really cool so i what don't do you, know what do you think um uh, a side note what do you think of big ed's hair 
because Brett and I were having an argument about it. I think it looks really cool. And Brett thought that it looks really not cool. <laughs> so I'm just getting more opinions. Feel free to email us or tweet at us if you want to tell me hashtag cool, hashtag not cool for Big Ed's hair. I am. Um, I don't have a lot of opinions about hair in general. Um, I do like it when um, if, if there's a woman who's fighting people if her hair is back, cause that feels more realistic than her hair out flowing. Right. Cause the first thing you're going to do is grab it, you know? Yeah. Give me that hair. You know? So if there's like a nice, like a, like a if braid. It's back, if it's pulled back, you could probably pull it. You could still pull it you too. Could. Yeah. But I feel like, like, I feel like if you've got a braid and if anyone has like a thick braid, like you can pull it, but it's not like pulling a strand of hair out of your head. Right. Mm, true. Maybe. True. Or maybe the answer is you just like cut your hair real short or shave it or something. Mm, yeah, that's probably. Let's think about this. Captain Marvel, kind of long blonde hair, right? But then in Endgame, half shaved. So less yeah. hair to grab, you know? Yeah, she did She did uh, get a haircut. Um, what's her name? Okoye? She's got the best hair because there's no hair on her head. No that's yeah, right. she, she got it figured out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As usual, Wakanda is way ahead of us. <laughs> ahead of us with hair as well are you ready to discuss your quotable quotation for the episode i i gotta tell you maybe i don't know oh no 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 i've i've said this before here wait let me hit the thing there it is oh Uh, 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 uh so i was saying it's hard because i really need to and i'm so sorry guys i i love this podcast and i'm working over the clock i'm working around the clock for you guys but it's hard because there aren't as many quotes on the interwebs for the return which i think speaks to like the you know the fans i click on any one episode of the original Twin Peaks, and there's a billion, and then that, and which is really interesting because I feel like a lot. Well, maybe not every episode, but most of these episodes have really good quotes. Like I'm like, that's a good one. Should I write it down? No, I'm sure it's on the internet. Ah, it isn't. Yeah, you need to like uh, you need to go into the episode knowing that we're gonna do this, and then write them down. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I could plan it. Um, so. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you, I don't really have one this time. I'm so okay. sorry. That's all right. I'll just do mine. Mine is um, uh, <laughs> in a, what is supposed to be, I think like a very intimidating scene in which Renzo and Muddy and these like biker gang guys are giving Booper an ultimatum about the arm wrestling match. <laughs> Booper just looks at them and says, what is this kindergarten? nursery school and i just thought it's such a baller like line and move and i was like i want to, like i want like an excuse to come up in my life for me to say that to somebody like like they're trying to be real intimidating and trying to be like i'm gonna be the best at this and you you have no chance and meanwhile i know that i've got it in the bag and then i just look at them and i'm like what is this kindergarten <laughs> do you think let's say instead of doing the arm wrestling they were like, let's just rush at this guy and beat him up, right? Could they? Mm, like if you pun- like if I saw Booper and punched him, like would it hurt him or would it be like hitting a wall? Because physics don't really apply. Well, wait, Renzo punched the back of his head. 
That's true. I mean, he was fine, you know? Yeah. Good restraint, by the way, Bob or Booper. (laughs) Can I tell you what my quote would have been if I wrote it down? Sure. What would it have been? It would have been the um, looped boxing match. That was my favorite. I really enjoyed that. that. That was my favorite part, the loop boxing match. All right. Well, who was your MVP for this episode? I hope you have one. <laughs> Can I tell you that I didn't have... No, I'm joking. I do. <laughs> I, I do have an MVP. I don't have my MVP music. Give me a second. Give me a second. <laughs> Here it is. You ready? Yeah. Okay, who was your MVP of this episode? Who, who? so victoriously saunters out from that red, red <laughs> curtain and the smoke clears? I, I, for no real reason, I have decided to name Big Ed my MVP of this episode. Tell me, tell me more. I just, I was so happy to see him. Mm-hmm. I thought his hair looked really cool. Um, I had a lot of feelings about him because I was like so happy to see him with Norma and then to like find out that this is still going on. Like well, we saga... we all thought at the end of the, the second season that they got there happily ever after, right? Yeah, the you saga know? of Big Ed and Norma just kind of always missing each other is still going on and that's sad it's sad to think about um unless well no i don't want to cut you off you finish your thought well it's sad to think about especially for big ed because norma seems like she's doing okay she's got a booming business she's got this walter guy giving her kisses and giving her booms (laughs) giving her her some boom booms got a little something something going on over on the side and um, meanwhile, when we see Big Ed, he's eating soup in a gas station. And um, it just seemed it just seemed kind of sad, like, but also it seemed very real. Yeah, it, it's, it just it seemed like like you like a guy you would know in your town who was just just things didn't work out for him the way that he was hoping they would. And but he's still he's still going every day and just doing the best he can. Let me ask you this. What if, what if they did end up together? Right. And it just didn't work. Like they were like, yeah, we tried it. Like, is that a little less sad? Cause they I tried mean, it. It would be a little and they're sad. Still friends. They're still friends. It would be a little sad, except they got the vibes from him when he was he talking her. to Bobby that he wasn't happy that there was nothing going on. He was just letting Bobby know, like, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Cause there's nothing going on. Like he didn't say it like, Oh, you know what, Bobby? We tried it and it did we're better off as friends, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Well, I'll say, well, the thing about the soup though is that I often so I have this not a well, I guess it's a rule. It's a a personal rule. I don't like break rooms, like at all. Like break rooms are depressing places. You go there on your break, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're done, and then you're kind of in this this cage with other humans that don't also want to be there. And now we're all waiting for the microwave and the microwave is filthy and we're looking at the clock and we are in the break room, but we're still in the building. And anyway, all that to say is that I routinely, I have a rule. I eat my food cold. So I put my food in my lunchbox with ice packs and then I eat it cold and that's fine. All that to say, sometimes I just eat cold soup right out of a can. And sometimes not to say, I mean, maybe 
Big Ed's depressed. But someone could look at that and be like, what is this hobo guy doing eating this can of soup? Like just the label, like at his desk or outside, you know, usually outside. They're like, what's the deal with this guy? What you're saying is it looks depressing, but you're mm-hmm. actually doing it in, to avoid being depressed. Yeah. You don't have to go in the break room. That's exactly right. Well, also same thing with Big Ed. Like, I mean, I think that he is thinking and he's probably thinking about some regret with Norma and all that. But I mean, maybe his way of processing is just by having some soup and watching the traffic, you know? So like sometimes like if I'm sitting and I'm like, well, I, I mean, meditating, meditating light, like out in public, like I'm in a chair and I got my eyes closed. I'm like, oh man, you okay? I was like, yeah, I just don't feel compelled to have my eyes open every second of the day. What am I doing? Why do I need to look? Or sometimes I'll be in a meeting, like a big meeting, not like a one-on-one meeting. That'd be a little weird, but a big meeting, like a staff meeting. And you close your eyes because what do I need to look at? There's nothing on the screen. I'm listening. I'm at a weird angle. I can't even see her face. I'm listening, you know? And people are like, what's going on here? Anyway, big end. It is weird. I, um, I, uh, as you know, I'm a fairly religious person and I, um, um I'm new I, to it. I, what? I'm new. I'm new to it as well. Did I tell you I went to that Unitarian? Oh yeah. Universalist yeah, church? Yeah. How'd I, it go? I went and I, I dug it and I'm going to go on Sunday. So I worked last Sunday, so um, I didn't go that one, but I'm going next Sunday. I'm taking Frey with me. So that's awesome. Yeah, 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 I'm so yeah. happy for you, but I, um, I, I feel compelled to say a blessing before I eat Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, in my mind eating without giving thanks is tantamount to stealing like I should I should give thanks for this food and so I always say in my mind a bracha before I eat and I typically close my eyes so that I can focus on my my meditation and I always feel bad when I'm with other people because I'm like I'm gonna make them uncomfortable now and then I don't know what I should do should I say something like hey um I'm gonna say a blessing do you want to say a blessing with me no I don't want to do that um should I like warrant should I just do it like should I try to like rush through it no because that kind of defeats the purpose (laughs) Like all of these things and it's all, but it's all based on just like society yeah. and what people consider normal. I, and I will tell you like, how long have you been feeling compelled to do a blessing for your food before you eat? Cause I know we're both. Like, well, to be honest, like since I was a child. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. But like, I, I was about to say, I've had a lot of meals with you. No, you no, know? no. And I kind of like got out yeah. of like in my adulthood, I really gave into that, like that pressure to not do it um, because it's weird and it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. So I didn't do it. And so then like recently I've, I've had this kind of like spiritual, like we're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I like, I like have told myself, it's not necessarily like whether or not I feel compelled, it's whether or not I repress it now. So like determining what things I'm going to repress and not repress now. And so it's kind of like, do I need to repress that? No, I don't really need to. Like, it's not, it's not serving anybody else and it's making me feel bad. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it, but it's still. (laughs) 
it's still like a weird like it's hard yeah, yeah the only reason I asked like how long recently is because when I first started meditating like in public like not like in a closet or a garage or you know because even when I first started I felt really kind of self-conscious about like just sitting and closing my eyes even just like around Amanda right and I would mm-hmm. when I lived um in our old house I would like go down into the garage just like this little secret thing and then but as I slowly started doing it like on park benches or in the library or you know sometimes I even just you know it, it became less uncomfortable like I just got used to like I used to have a pressure like if I was sitting and I had my eyes closed and I felt someone or heard someone walking close by that I would have a strong inclination to open my eyes right you know and over time it kind of um got easier you know yeah, well, maybe it'll get easier for me too. Maybe, yeah. Oh, but I was going to say the answer for me. Oh, my friend Miranda, which I've mentioned before, which you guys have never met, but you, I think you guys would be really good friends. When I had talked about the idea of changing my name to Leaf, right? And I was like, oh man, it would make people uncomfortable. And they're going to ask like, how do I say it? And how do I spell it? Miranda said, and this has stuck with me for a long time. She goes, not your problem. <laughs> I go, what if it makes people uncomfortable? She goes, not your problem. They'll deal with it. Either they won't deal with it or they will deal with it. That's not your problem, you know? And then, so I've kind of used that to guide me. Like if I'm sitting up meditating or if I just want to like, like, cause this happens, like I'm outside and I'm like, I just want to touch that tree, man. I just want to touch it. And I was like, I don't want to be the weird guy touching the tree, like just staring at it. And then after a while, as time goes on, F it, man, you know, not I hear, Ke- I hear Kesha in my head. She's like, not your problem, Kesha. <laughs> Did I tell you about my story I'm working on with Kesha and Lady Gaga and Rihanna? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on it slowly. Um, my MVP. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot we were doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're just chatting. Um, my MVP is Tony because even though he was gonna poison duper he uh he he, i think he legitimately wants to do the right thing you know and you got you got caught up with something bad i bought it too that actor is really great by the way like he's like matthew lillard levels he's a very to me any actor that can make you like not necessarily like i guess convincing you is a part of acting but like make you feel something so when we first see him i'm like i don't like him he's Mm -hmm. mean yeah now i'm like ooh, now i really i feel bad for him it's yeah. like that's good acting you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> even when the cop was like just like you stupid you know it's like this poor guy just give us a yeah, it's like, ooh. Just wants well, i mean and this like uh i've been thinking about this a lot because i've been watching i'm watching this show called the shrink next door um mm. it's really good it's got paul rudd and will ferrell and paul rudd plays this therapist who is taking advantage this is not a spoiler because it happens pretty much immediately on the show basically he's taking advantage of his patient who is played by will ferrell will ferrell is this kind of like weak-minded but very rich guy and so uh paul rudd's character realizes like pretty early on that he can like manipulate him and take advantage of his kind of riches. Um, And I, I noticed that the show has like um, been trying to make you like kind of feel something for the therapist character because usually I'm just thinking like this dirt bag, like I can't believe that he's like using his, his platform to, to get this guy to just do whatever he wants him to do. And, 
and um, giving him bad advice on purpose because it suits him. But then they'll do this like episode where you find out that like his father never loved him or whatever. And then it's like, oh no, I see damaged people damage people. And like, that's what, and that's kind of like what I was looking at with Tony is like, I feel like Tony is a guy who's been probably pushed around and that led him then to push people around. It doesn't make it right, but it's just, it seems to be an unavoidable loop that we humans fall into. Um, and you just see it over and over and over again, sometimes more like dramatic and disastrous, like on this TV show I'm watching <laughs> or even like this, you know, but in real life it happens too. You oh, know? Sure enough. And, and sometimes not even in big events, like tiny events. Right. You know, like I'm having a moment where, and if, if any of my staff are listening, this isn't you, another, I'm having a situation with a staff member, not anyone listening, of course, where I'm trying to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, like enforce a policy, right? Like a thing, like, Hey, a manager do this thing. But I'm also very much aware of like their resistance to do it probably doesn't even have to do with me. Right. Like it's something entirely different. It might just be the idea of the manager. It might be this, it might be that it could be something that, you know, at one time, you know, I even have a theory because of this person that it might even be because I'm a guy like, you know, like there's this thing as opposed to like, you know, so, and and it's hard because at the end of the day, like, you know, job's a job. So please do it. But then on the other hand, like you and I are very empathetic people. And I'm like, you know what? They probably had like a hard time. You know what? Mm-hmm. Just leave early. Don't even put the books on the shelf. Who cares? You know, don't worry about it, brother, you know, or sister or cousin. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Um, how many how many fish in a percolator did you get this episode i really we need to bring back we need to get through this so we can bring back twin peaks um or bring back same team you know as much as possible we can have these big heady freeform conversations by the way i'm looking at a twin peaks uh fish in a percolator clip on youtube i have no clue how many people dislike it (laughs) fellas don't drink that coffee you'd never guess there was a fish (gasps) in the percolator oh sorry (laughs) i've let it go i used to just clip it too where it was like you never guess and now i include the whoa whoa don't drink it and then now it's even grown to be like the sorry (laughs) sorry um this episode i think i would give four there were a lot of things i really liked about this episode it wasn't as it's hard because i like the was it eight the one where it's like okay we're gonna travel through time and go through dimensions and you know like it's hard to top that because that was just so exciting um but this one had a lot of really good moments we got to see big ed we got to see big anytime we get to see a character just like do nothing that's exciting i love that i love that like that's I (laughs) i do i love it i love it like i would love it if like and i was really excited too because once again it played with our expectations that um we're watching the return and nine times out of 10, it's the end of the episode. There's music at the roadhouse and we roll the credits through the music. But this one, it was like music at the roadhouse near the end. And here's Big yeah. Ed in silence. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, I would give it three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. 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 Just like a tail. It's like a solid, decent episode. It didn't 
blow my skirt up as they yeah, say but... that's as i say yeah and blow, <laughs> blow my skirt up uh for me it was it was like a, just like a, a little bit of a those little know, breeze just a little breeze it felt good it was like when you have your skirt and you stand you probably know about this test and you stand over the vent in the house and you're like oh this feels kind of good and you don't have to worry about your skirt blowing away but you're kind of like uh this still feels good i'm feeling something you know <laughs> Anyway, uh, friends, you've been listening to St. Peaks, y'all. Um, this is a podcast that is ending now. If you would like to send us an email, you can send us an email at samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Tess mans the email or woman's. She persons the email. And she, um, if there's any spoilers. I, I, dude, I dude person the email. You, do, you dude part, you partner dude. You human. Partner dude human. Yeah, you partner dude human the email uh so you can send spoilers her way she's watched them all it's perfectly fine and she'll be able to filter it out um long-time listeners know that if i listen to any spoilers or consume spoilers otherwise a devil will peck my eyes out and i really want to see my daughter uh grow old yep um and you can also uh tweet at us at same team y'all if you wish um check us out on spotify if you want to listen to that staff day playlist yeah. or any of our other playlists um you can check them out there whatever and you, you can oh. watch us on youtube too yeah we're there uh, mash we're... like subscribe hit the bell yeah, hit that bell <laughs> subscribe man you know it's like a do it <laughs> Hey. No, hey by the way not judging if you uh, are a youtube creator and you're saying jam that bell um <laughs> we just aren't motivated by that although it'd be cool if you did we're too lazy <laughs> we're, yeah, i know i know one day um we're too lazy to do thank you yeah that's another podcast the um oh i got an idea oh anyway and i <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and um, have a jolly day. Have a eat, eat some, eat some, put some, you know, I'm looking for the button. I can't find it. Put some pie in your, look at you covering your face. Hey, I'm still looking for it. Where is it? Here it is. Put some pie in that face of yours. (laughs) Nailed it.